This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Hoping to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at and conventional wisdom is often just an illusion. We're live on iHeartRadio and on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. You can shoot me an email. The address is RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Or you can call the vent line and get something off your chest at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. So the Democrats have settled on their new narrative. Donald Trump is inciting violence. You know, this has been going on for four months now in these Democrat cities where these Antifa and Black Lives Matter goons are out in the streets assaulting people, burning people's businesses attacking police officers, looting on a mass scale. And the Democrats have told us, oh, these are peaceful protests. And they were able to get away with that because probably 60, 70 percent of the American people get their news from the mainstream media. And so they could mischaracterize these riots and lootings and arsons as peaceful protesters, but they can't do that any longer because people are starting to die. Actually, people aren't just starting to die. People have been dying all along. Um, It's up to about 25 or 30 people that have been killed in these riots. Some burned alive, others shot by these leftists. But they can't keep a lid on it any longer because... Uh, Trump supporters and, um, you know, believers in law and order are now starting to fight back. And that happened last week in Kenosha, Wisconsin, when um, when the young man, the 17 year old young Rittenhouse um, was protecting businesses, many of which uh, had been burned at least once in downtown Kenosha, was set on by these leftists who were stupid enough to attack an armed man and he uh, shot three killing two. So, you know, the media liked that story because they could characterize this as a Trump supporter murdering the poor, innocent black lives matter protesters. Of course, the problem with that is when you dig into it and you actually uh, look at the video, it's quite clear that this, this, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse was running from these these Black Lives Matter protesters and being assaulted. And he did what any 
person is allowed to do. He defended himself from violent attacks. If he hadn't defended himself, he would most certainly be in the hospital today and may even be dead. But that uh, that cracked through, and, and then over the weekend, of course, out in Portland, Oregon, you had a um, an Antifa adherent with a Black Lives Matter tattoo on his neck just basically go out and uh, execute, assassinate two Patriot Prayer supporters that were had come to the city to uh, to counter demonstrate. And so the Democrats know they can't keep this uh, lid on this any longer. So their new narrative is Donald Trump is causing all this. It's not our supporters that are out there burning, looting, and killing. It's not the Democrat Party who held its convention without once, not once, condemning the violence in these Democrat cities and states. No, it's Donald Trump who has the nerve to call for the restoration of law and order and is, who has offered to send in federal troops and National Guard in order to restore order. It's his fault. This violence is on Donald Trump, not our supporters that are committing it. Donald Trump is inciting them by his, his uh, calls for law and order. So, of course, you know, over the weekend, uh, a, a Patriot Prayer supporter who had gone into Portland as part of a caravan was gunned down in the streets unprovoked, an Antifa Black Lives Matter extremist walked up to him, fired two shots into his chest, and killed him. How dare these Trump supporters drive around in their trucks and wave flags? They they brought this on, according to Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler, and now... Hiding Biden, basement Biden is coming out um, parroting this new Democrat talking point. Here's what it sounded like. This young man's name was Aaron J. Danielson. He goes by J. He was um, he was simply walking on the street. He hadn't uh, even confronted the shooter. I'm not going to say the shooter's name. It's Michael Forrest Reinhall. That's what's being reported. I don't know it for a fact. But uh, this guy uh, was seen in a very uh, distinctive outfit and had been photographed and filmed giving interviews wearing that same outfit. He had actually been charged previously with illegally possessing a loaded firearm at one of these protests. Of course, the Soros-funded DA in Portland promptly let him go without bail. But here's what it sounded like when this Antifa protester um, attacked Jay Danielson. So you hear it right before the shots were fired, uh, these Antifa 
idiots are out there saying, we got one right here. We got one right here. Pull it out. Pull it out. I'll play it again. You see Jay Danielson just walking on the street. He's not being provocative. He's not being confrontational. The Antifa goon just pulls out a gun and shoots him twice in the chest. And, of course, the media is uh, is trying to spin this. How dare these Trump supporters in their pickup trucks come into Portland waving flags? That's provocative. If you read the New York Times, that was incitement. The Antifa, who have been rioting in Portland for 90 days now, they were counter-protesting. They were just counter-protesting. They were, in fact, throwing rocks and water balloons filled with urine and feces. And these uh, these Trump supporters had their paintball guns with pepper balls. They were trying to uh, to make sure that they they didn't get attacked. Chuck Todd on his Sunday show had a reporter from the New York Times, and if you want to really read a case study in propaganda and disinformation. Look at the New York Times coverage of this. You would think that the poor Antifa were just set upon by those those violent, hateful, hateful Nazi fascist Trump supporters waving their flags. Here's Chuck Todd. Good Sunday morning. We're going to get to all the political news in a moment. We're going to start with a deadly clash in Portland, Oregon. Pro-Trump and counter-protesters clashed there overnight. Fistfights broke out, and at one point, gunfire erupted during a confrontation, and a man was killed. Gunfire erupted, and a man was killed. You know what is how they always refer to the, the Antifa, Black Lives Matter violence in, in passive voice and past tense, as if it was some sort of organic event that just happened. We don't know who's responsible Joining me now is Mike Baker of the New York Times, who has been covering these events in Portland. So, Mike, tell us what you saw, what you witnessed, and if you can, who shot this individual? Who shot this individual? Yeah, so, I mean, last night there was a huge gathering of Trump uh, supporters out in the suburbs of Portland, and they had this vow that they were going to go into Portland waving flags as a as sort of a caravan and initially the plan was to sort of circle around the highways but some of the people in the caravan peeled off and went right into downtown where there were a whole large crowd of counter protesters counter protesters the counter protesters just had to happen to be there and how dare those those evil trump supporters drive on public streets through a major US city waving flags there uh, ready to confront them and so we you know we saw fist fights on the streets in some cases uh, people from in the backs of pickup trucks shooting paintballs into the crowd other people throwing things back onto the oh they were shooting paintballs into the crowd and then they were throwing things back no all you have to do is do a cursory look at the video from this which is posted by the antifa idiots by the way mostly where these Antifa are continuing their their three months long campaign of political violence. 
by attacking these people who have the nerve to wave flags and drive through uh, downtown Portland. And these, uh, these uh, um, caravan members were prepared for this, and they had paintball guns filled with pepper spray trying to keep them away. But according to the New York Times reporter, they were uh, the Antifa were counter-protesting. The, the trucks where the pro, pro-Trump um, supporters were there driving around, and then eventually... Uh, there was some, a smaller conflict on the street where someone was shot. and it- A smaller conflict on the street where someone was shot. That's the New York Times reporter's description of what happened. You only need to look at the video. The man is just walking with his hands by his side, set upon by a bunch of Antifa. We got one. We got one. Pull it out. Pull it out. Bang, bang. That's a smaller conflict, according to Mike Baker reporter for the New York Times record of paper. It, it looks right now like the, the person who was shot had a, uh, a hat with the low insignia of the group Patriot Prayer, which is a, a right-wing group here. In the- a right-wing group, he says. They're patriots and, they, and Christians. And they've been going in just peacefully trying to exercise their First Amendment rights. And they have been repeatedly over the months set upon by Antifa and Black Lives Matter radicals. Whenever they try to defend themselves, they're promptly arrested. And they're not released without bail by the county district attorney. They're prosecuted to the full extent of the law. In the Portland area. Mike, do we have an idea of where these gunshots came from? Did they come from protesters? Was it law enforcement? Was it, is it possible it was an accidental? Or- really? So Chuck Todd, this is Sunday morning. The videos have been up all night. He doesn't know if these, these gunshots came from a protester that was screaming, we got one, we got one. He doesn't know. Maybe it was an accident, according to Chuck Todd. Maybe, maybe the law enforcement did it. This is this is propaganda and disinformation on such a massive scale that Orwell would have blushed. We're going to run out to a break. We'll talk more about this when we get back. Stick with us. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. So once again, uh, the users on 4chan have, have done the police job for them and identified the shooter. I probably shouldn't say his name again until he's actually arrested in case uh, 4chan has made a mistake, but it certainly looks like the shooter is uh, is who they have identified. So Antifa, uh, in response to this, at first they put out disinformation saying that this was uh, a black person that was murdered by the, the uh, America Patriot Prayer Group. Then when the truth came out that it was actually one of their own who had committed murder in the streets against one of these Patriot Prayer 
um, caravan members, they decided they liked that. Y'all are not angry. You're not paying attention. If y'all are not angry, you're not with me. Everybody needs to realize what's going on in this street. Our community can hold its own without the police. We can take out the trash on our own. I am not sad that a fucking fascist died tonight. We don't need the police. We want the police defunded, and we can defend ourselves. We can commit assassinations on the street. She refers to it as taking out the trash. So, of course, uh, as if on cue, Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer and Ted Wheeler and all of the other Democrat idiots uh, went on this tear. It's incitement. Donald Trump has incited this. It's Donald Trump's America. Never mind that it's happening exclusively in Democrat cities that refuse to uh, enforce the law. Biden went on with Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton, who knows a little something about inciting violence, he incited a couple of riots that um, resulted in murders in Crown Heights. Biden says, we must not become a country at war with ourselves. No, you, uh, you um, America first believers, you need to lay down and let Antifa and Black Lives Matter destroy your cities. A country that accepts the killing of fellow Americans who did not agree with you. Well, that's been going on for, for four months now. Biden hasn't stirred himself to utter a word of condemnation until now. A country that vows vengeance toward one another. But that is the America that President Trump wants us to believe, the America he believes we are. Wow. As a country, we must condemn the incitement of hate and resentment that led to this deadly clash. What does President Trump think will happen when he continues to insist on fanning the flames of hate and division in our society and using the politics of fear to whip up his supporters? Really? Is that what's been going on? The president calling for the restoration of law and order as an incitement to violence, pointing out that these people that call themselves anti-fascist are in fact fascists themselves. They are the literal textbook definition of fascists using political violence to achieve their ends by any means necessary is the phrase they like to use. Chuck Schumer says, President Trump is inciting violence while screaming law and order. Really? Where is the incitement to violence? Blaming uh, the Republicans and this president for Democrat riots that have been going on for weeks is, is the Gorbel's tactic of the big lie. Tell a big lie and tell it often enough and it will enter into the public consciousness and be accepted as truth. And you couldn't get away with something that audacious, a lie that massive. If you didn't have a totally corrupt media that the Democrats could use to repeat their lies and their talking points. And we've reached the point now where the the murder 
of a Trump supporter is being used by the Democrats to to accuse this president of incitement. Of course, all of this came out shortly after Don Lamont finally realized, got a clue, that all of this violence is hurting the Biden campaign, and so they had to change their tactics. You remember it was just week before last where they didn't have a single negative word to say at their convention. But then Don Lamont says this. I do think that uh, this, what you said was happening in Kenosha is a Rorschach test for the entire country. And I think this is a blind spot for Democrats. I think Democrats are ignoring this problem or hoping that it will go away. And it's not going to go away. And so unless someone comes up with a solution over the next 73 days. Here's a solution. Enforce the law. Arrest these people. Keep them in jail. It's not complicated unless somebody comes up with a solution. Or 70 so, however many days. 68 days. 68 days. So it's not going to, the problem is not going to be fixed by then. But what they can do, and I think maybe Joe Biden may be afraid to do it. I'm not sure. Maybe he won't. Maybe he is. He's got to address it. He's got to come out and talk about it. He's got to do a speech like Barack Obama did about race. Well, apparently, uh, whoever puts the words on Joe Biden's tweets actually was uh, paying attention to that brilliant, blinding revelation that you ought not to let your supporters burn down American cities without condemning it. You know, this was the Joe Biden and the Democrat Party that just uh, 10 days, well, less than 10 days ago, less than a week ago, continued to uh, repeat their mantra, peaceful protest, peaceful protest. These are peaceful protests. And it was actually the Democrats that were inciting violence. Joe Biden, of course, uh, immediately labeled the shooting of uh Jacob Blake in Kenosha as police misconduct, ignoring entirely the the actual events that led up to it, where Jacob Blake resisted arrest, fought with law enforcement, pulled a knife, and then tried to reach inside of his car. That's incitement. When you're on there mischaracterizing legitimate efforts by the police department to make an arrest, and calling for the police officers to be arrested, calling it murder, yeah, that's incitement. And, of course, Kamala Harris, at the same time that Joe Biden was, was um, you know, calling for peace in the streets, was actually stating exactly what the Democrats were up to. Clear that I know that there are protests still happening in yes. major cities across the United States. I'm just not seeing the reporting on it that I that right, I had that's right. for the first few weeks. That's um, right. No, we weren't seeing the reporting on it. We know it was happening because we look at social media, unlike the majority of the voters. But here's Kamala Harris's response to Stephen Colbert. But they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. And that's, they're not, this is a movement, I'm telling you. They're not going to stop. And, and everyone beware, because they're not going to stop. In- everyone beware, because they're not going to stop. 
stop and and everyone beware because they're not going to stop it is going to they're not going to stop before election day in november and they're not going to stop after election day and that should be everyone should take note of that on both levels that this isn't they're not going to let up and they should not and we should not <laughs> everyone beware we're going to continue burning these cities and of course it was Ayanna Presley that's saying we need unrest in the streets Yeah, they've been promoting this all along. They miscalculated again. Now they're trying to blame the the violent riots that they themselves blessed and mischaracterized and incited. They're trying to blame that on the guy that's calling for a restoration of law and order. we got to run out to a break. We'll have more on this and other stories right after this break on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. Stick with us. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. (laughs) How quickly things change. Finally, the Democrats realize that their strategy of fomenting riots, arson, looting, and murder in America's streets is backfiring on them. And so they've spun on their heels and now they're blaming Donald Trump for it. Donald Trump did this with his calls for law and order and America first agenda. Not the Democrats who ignored it entirely and for four months called it peaceful protests. This is what it sounded like before this weekend. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite. And peaceful. I, I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it is not. Uh, it is not generally speaking unruly. I don't know. We could have the summer of love. Now they see the I polling. Think this is a blind spot for Democrats. The rioting has to stop. It's showing up in the polling. This is not peaceful protest. This is not advocacy to advance reforms or transform any system. Burning down communities is not protest. It's needless violence. They don't want the president's help, though. The use of stormtroopers under the guise of law and order is a tactic that is not uh, appropriate to our country in any way. The words and actions from President Trump have shown that this is an attack on our democracy. The presence of these federal officials, these federal officers, is not welcome here in New York City and is not needed here. The situation can be managed by the state. 
state that there was no need for federal involvement. It has been suggested that this is a trial run for the president of the United States who may be organizing uh, to not accept uh, what happens when we have the election. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. They're not going to stop, and that's, they're not, this is a movement, I'm telling you. And you push back on them, and you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. That's uh, that's the progression of events right there. They're peaceful protests. Uh-oh, the polls are turning on us. Donald Trump did this. Oh, yeah, it's going to continue, too, unless you vote Trump out of office. <laughs> oh, my God. Orwell uh, uh, could only imagine this level of lying and duplicity. Over at MSNBC, the uh, the lead idiot in the uh, mental ward that has become uh, today's Democrat Party, Rachel Maddow, had uh, the mayor of of Seattle, where a lot of these violent riots are headquartered, on to uh, to try to continue this line that it's uh, it's Donald Trump's fault. We didn't do it not by, uh, by not enforcing the law. We didn't encourage these people by uh, parroting their lies and inciting them to riot. No, it's Donald Trump's fault. We're just going to interject here just for a moment. That was South Dakota Governor um, Christy Nome, uh, who, who said a lot of things. But we have, as we've said over the course of this coverage, uh, we will interject when we feel like there's something that's important and deliberate and very wrong uh, that should be corrected just so that we feel responsible about our broadcast. Yeah, we, we can't allow any truth to leak through on our broadcast while we're covering the Republican National Convention. Christy Nome had pointed out that the violence that was going on was almost, well, was exclusively centered in Democrat cities. So Rachel Madcow decides she's going to bring on the Seattle mayor to push back on that notion. In this case, uh, Governor Nome just said, from Seattle and Portland to Washington and New York, Democrat-run cities across this country are being overrun by violent mobs. The violence is rampant. There's looting, chaos, destruction, murder. People that can afford to flee have fled. Um, joining us... <laughs> well, yeah, doesn't take a, a genius to figure that out. Violent riots and looting and murder in New York, Chicago, Minneapolis, Seattle, Portland, Oakland, and now Kenosha. So let's hear from Jenny Durkin. For more on that and to essentially run a reality check on that assertion uh, is the mayor of the great city of Seattle, Jenny Durkin, who's joining us on short notice. Um, mayor Durkin, thank you very much for, for getting on the phone with us tonight to, to respond to this from Governor Nome. I just wanted to ask your impression of those remarks from her. So thank you for letting me respond. I will say one thing. She is very right about one thing, and that is our values are at stake, equality, freedom, and opportunity 
And unfortunately, this president does not stand for any of those values. And her caricature of the great cities across America is not only wrong, it's purposefully wrong. <laughs> it's, not, it's not only wrong, it's purposefully wrong. We don't have any violence going on in Seattle where we've had um, three months of consistent riots where left-wing agitators have taken o- over whole areas of the city we we having a a marxist city council that is threatening um to destroy capitalism by any means necessary oh that's that's just a figment of her imagination you know just prior to the assassination that took place over the weekend in portland out in Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, the uh, agitators were calling for revenge because Kyle Rittenhouse, excuse me, because Kyle Rittenhouse had defended himself from obvious attacks, and uh, and right on cue, the violence in Portland that took the life of a pair patriot, pair prayer patriot happened, but this is the. Uh, Black Lives Matter agitator in Kenosha that may have prompted this assassination. It's worth something. His life is worth something. He's talking about the the um, pedophile rapist that was uh, killed, Rosenbaum, that attacked. Kyle Rittenhouse tried to take his gun, end up getting shot in the groin, which I think is uh, just fabulous poetic justice for a, a sexual predator of minors to uh, to meet that end. Here's where he gets to his point. His life is worth something! Oh, and I get to say, God damn it, if you kill one of us, so this guy in Portland who had a Black Lives Matter tattoo on his neck and been carrying guns around to these uh, these riots and released back out on the streets, right after this statement was made in Kenosha, went out and assassinated somebody right there on the streets. Now, uh, you know, I, uh, maybe I shouldn't make statements that uh, that cut and dried, but um, I think having viewed the video, it's quite clear that this was an unprovoked attack. And in keeping with their Orwellian tactic, their Gorbals tactic of the big lie, on Twitter, um, they they suspended Cassandra Fairbanks because she uh, she tweeted out that. Kyle Rittenhouse did nothing wrong. The vi- we have the video where this quite clearly shows that he was defending himself. And uh, and she agreed with that. Posted Kyle Rittenhouse did nothing wrong and she was immediately suspended because you're not allowed to let any truth leak through. You're interrupting the narrative. I really don't think any of this is going to work. 
you know, uh, the, the Republican Party has been the party of law and order for a very long time. And the Democrats have been apologists for criminals and apologists for these riots that have been going on. They they can engage in this denser information all they want to, but just the, what we know, it it uh, is contrary to reality. I think uh, most people are aware that after the last night of the GOP convention at the White House, Black Lives Matter and Antifa agitators were attacking people uh, leaving that event simply for their political beliefs. And we've got video that most people have seen of them attacking Rand Paul and his wife. And I don't know, you know, we, we have reached this stage incrementally. We have allowed these, uh, these idiots to abuse our police, cursing them, harassing them, throwing things on them without consequence. And we need to reform the laws. You should not be allowed to harass police officers. You should not be allowed to get in their face and call them these vile names and curse at them. That should be a crime. You know, they send these cops to these uh, these training events where they're uh, required to stand there while people just talk about them like they're a, a dog and scream in their face. That should be a crime. You're interfering with the, a police officer in the performance of his duty at the very least. And you're inciting fighting words. But they've been emboldened by this. And once they see that the police have been denutered and required to stand down while they rage, then they have progressed from one, uh, violating one law to the next. To the point now where you actually got uh, national public radio highlighting, and you would have to use the word promoting, a book by a, a woman named Vicky, Vicky Osterhaus. I can't pronounce it. <laughs> I need one of those people that uh, phonetically spell these names for me. Osterwills. Osterwills. She's got a book in defense of looting where she's got a long 300 page dissertation justifying rioting and looting and NPR has got them on their network. They've actually got a, um, uh, a project going on over there at NPR called code switch race in your face, race in your face promoting one author's argument in defense of looting. And she says, uh, you know, looting is a form of protest and a form of reparations. And it is all in the interest of social justice. In the interview, she says, when I use the word looting, I mean the mass expropriation of property, mass shoplifting during a movement of upheaval or riot. That's the thing I'm defending. I'm not defending any situation in which property is stolen by force. Well, if you break people's windows out, if you force your way in there and you steal their stuff, you're doing it by force. As a matter of fact, you are doing it by force, period. 
Looting is a highly radicalized word from its very inception, she says. And she traces it back to some Hindu word. Rioting, she says, generally refers to any moment of mass unrest or upheaval. Riots are a space in which a mass of people has produced a situation in which the general laws that govern society no longer function. And people can act in different ways in the street and in the public. I'd say that rioting in the broad category in which looting appears is a tactic. Well, yeah, it is a tactic. It is a totally illegitimate tactic. But she says it does a number of important things. It keep it gets people where they need what they need for free immediately, which means that they are capable of living and reproducing their lives without having to rely on jobs or wages. It also attacks the very way in which food and things are distributed. It attacks the idea of property and attacks the idea that in order for someone to have a roof over their head or have a meal ticket, they have to work for a boss. That's the level of degeneracy and lunacy that has taken root in the Democrat party at this point. What a notion. What a notion. You have to work to eat. We can't have that. People ought to be able to, to riot in order to eat, that ought to be their jobs. There's a bill being introduced in the house. It's not going to go anywhere, but it would remove these unemployment benefits from these rioters, identify anybody that has been arrested and, uh, and discontinue their unemployment benefits. The unemployment benefits are by and large facilitating these riots because these people don't have to work. They can just, uh, go out in the streets night after night and riot and loot. So there was an interesting report coming out from the CDC that has, uh, has got Twitter engaged in their, their uh, suppression of information. It shows that uh, of these so-called 175 deaths due to the coronavirus, only about 9,250 of them are actually caused by the virus. Most of the others or or all of the others had one, two or three underlying serious medical um, conditions. So, you know, it's not unusual at all for people to succumb to the flu or to pneumonia while they're suffering from diabetes or heart disease. But it appears that in this case, they've been uh, counting things up to the COVID uh, virus, the Wuhan virus, and huge, huge numbers that is uh, completely uh, at odds with the way that they have been doing things up till now. So that totals uh, about 6%. These 9,210 deaths are about 6% of the total uh, deaths of people that actually died of the, uh, the Wuhan virus by itself. And of course, Facebook and Twitter swung into action to suppress any of this news. And uh, even to the point where they have uh, deleted one of the president's tweets pointing this out. The relevance of this, of course, is that we have... Uh, a virus that is uh, 
minimally dangerous to normal, healthy people, but can have a, uh, a deadly effect on vulnerable populations. Now, if you took that information and you used it in a rational manner, what you would do is, is isolate and quarantine the people that were vulnerable, let everybody else go ahead and develop herd immunity so this virus could blow through and you wouldn't have to destroy your economy in order to do that. And we know that the Democrats are using this virus in order to uh, try to win this election. And that's where the term pandemic comes from. And there's a new um, documentary out. It's called COVID-911 that talks about this. Here is a trailer from that documentary. Stop what you're doing. I'm about to show you something you already suspect deep inside but can't explain. The United States of America is currently in the midst of a war. Not the kind when one country attacks another with missiles or tanks. Not like warplanes dropping bombs on our Pacific fleet. Not like a hostile neighbor launching a surprise invasion across our borders. Instead, we face a cruel and merciless enemy who invented a whole new type of war. One that threatens us now more than all the bombs in the world. They are motivated by pure greed and inconceivable cruelty, and have been silently reversing all that is good for so long that we became lulled into a state of self-destructive compliance, while they tore us apart and robbed us blind. When patriots took back key branches of the U.S. government in 2016, a light was turned on to the vast corruption network that had infiltrated into the highest positions of power across every state. Only then did ordinary citizens begin to realize how close we had come to the end of it all. But first we must endure one last painful battle that will touch every citizen, no matter who they are. Right now the country is being torn apart by the biggest political hoax and coordinated mass media disinformation campaign in living history. You may know it as COVID-19. Let me tell you a story. In 2015, as directed by the globalist criminal corruption network known as the Deep State, President Barack Obama authorized millions in funding for the Wuhan Institute of Virology, the location now understood to be the epicenter of the COVID-19 outbreak. The research carried out here was to provide the agent for a global biological attack on a scale never before seen. One that would be timed for release within an election year, starting the very day unsubstantiated efforts to impeach President Trump fell apart. With their base of operations in the Democrat establishment, the Deep State Shadow Corporation embarked on a coordinated irregular warfare insurgency. I believe that. I believe that this is a pandemic, And I believe it is being deployed against this president, because he had the nerve to stand up for American interests as opposed to global interests. And a big part of that effort, well, we're going to run out to a break, and when we come back, we're going to look at the uh, the cheat-by-mail schemes of the Democrats. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. 
Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. So there's an article in the New York Post called Confessions of a Voter Fraud. I was a master at fixing mail-in ballots. The byline is John Levine. I, I urge you to read this entire article. But it starts, a top Democratic operative says voter fraud, especially with mail-in ballots, is no myth. And he knows this because he's been doing it on a grand scale for decades. Mail-in ballots have become the latest flashpoint in the 2020 elections, while President Trump and the GOP warn of widespread manipulation of the absentee vote. It's not absentee vote, it's a a mail-out vote. That will swell with the COVID polling restrictions. Many Democrats and their media allies have dismissed such concerns as unfounded. But those political insider who spoke on condition of anonymity because he fears prosecution said fraud is more the rule than the exception. His dirty work has taken him through the weeds of municipal and federal elections in Patterson, Atlantic City, Camden, Newark, Hoboken, and Hudson County, New Jersey, and his fingerprints can be found on local legislative, mayoral, and congressional races across that state. Some of the biggest names and highest office holders in New Jersey have benefited from his dirty tricks, according to campaign records the Post reviewed. This whistleblower, whose identity, rap sheet, and long history of working as a consultant for various campaigns were confirmed by the Post, says he not only changed ballots himself over the years, but led teams of fraudsters and mentored at least 20 operatives in New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania, which is, of course, a critical 2020 swing state. There is no race in New Jersey, from city council to the United States Senate, that we haven't worked on, this tipster said. He is a Bernie Sanders diehard with no horse in this political race and said he felt compelled to come forward in the hopes that states would act now to fix these glaring vulnerabilities in the, uh, in the mail-in ballots. He goes on to detail exactly what tactics they use, which include uh, forging names, harvesting ballots, actually producing the ballots themselves, reproducing the ballots themselves, and stuffing the envelopes and the ballot box with them. Well, over the weekend, the um, Video Music Awards took place in New York City, and all of a sudden, Mayor Bill de Blasio didn't require them to wear masks or quarantine themselves for 14 days when coming to the city. But uh, Lady Gaga and, and um, oh, what's her name, Grande... Anyway, they were uh, they were on stage wearing masks during their performance, and Gaga was wearing some sort of uh, mask with a video thing on the front that uh, that gave a visual representation of her voice, a sine wave, and they were dancing around in what can only be described as uh, 
pornographic outfits. And uh, it was a, a really a dystopian uh, view of, of the Democrats' world. You know, there used to be Dr. Stanley Monteith used to talk about how these entertainers had sold their soul for fame and fortune. I don't know if the devil actually uh, sold or bought their soul in exchange for, you know, becoming celebrities, but I believe that many of these celebrities believe they sold their soul. I believe that they, whether true or not, believe that they have made a deal with the devil. Because when you see the way they act, it it really is nothing less than satanic, their behaviors. One of the Black Lives Matter founders, the, the woman who you know says we are trained Marxists, is now calling on Hollywood to go over uh, go on strike over the the uh, shooting of Jacob Blake. So she wants them to export the uh, the boycotts and the uh, submission of the sports leagues. She wants Hollywood to go on strike too, which I think is a fabulous idea. And I think if, uh, if, if Hollywood does not go on strike, if they don't refuse to make movies and, and uh, have these uh, self-congratulatory award shows, if they don't, you know, uh, pull themselves off of social media that they really don't care about black lives. The very least Hollywood could do if they really believe in social justice, if they really believe black lives matter is to go on strike. They had to cancel all movie production in Hollywood for at least a year. And the NBA and the NFL Ought to cancel their seasons next year, too. We will just have to learn to live without them. Somehow we have to go on. And if they don't do it, you'll know that they don't mean anything they say. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. Thanks for being here. Hope you'll come back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more.